You are now tuned into Sports Brock with Air Auntie. Thank you for coming out. You are about to take flight with me, Air Auntie. <laughs> On this episode 11, live from Playground Coffee Shop. <laughs> for episode 11, episode 11 of Sports Brock, I have to my right, very advanced. Yes. Welcome, very advanced to the show, guys. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Lowercase very, all cap, advanced. First that's, of all, I would like... Me. That's him. First of all, let me thank uh, the shop owner, Zanat, here. She, this is her shop. If you live in the area... Thank you. If you live in the area, please patronize the fuck out of this place. It's a lovely shop with lovely people and lovely things, including my merch on sale tonight guys hey. hope you got your paypals your i apple fucking pay all the things to spend money on merch <clears throat> oh so very advanced thank you for joining me thank you for having on, me on the couch for those of you who might not know very advanced deals with vintage clothing is that what you, should i say yeah I, a collector Collector, archivist of sorts. I like that. Maybe, yeah. It sounds like you dust off like old clothes. Uh, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> and wash them too. In so. attics and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I read that you started this in 2010 because you got evicted? Yeah. Uh, crazy story. I'll, you know, try to make it succinct. Um, but it was a really terrible situation. I was actually living uptown in Washington Heights. I had just moved here and the company I was working at, I lost my job. The department downsized and so I was already like in a pretty bummy mood. And then a couple of weeks later, um, me and my other roommate found out our third roommate who had the apartment in his name was pocketing our rent money and not paying rent. So I'll never forget, it was March 5th, 2010. And all I hear is like these crazy knocks on the door and it's the city marshal. And he's like, do you live here? And I was like, yeah, he was like, you got 10 minutes to get out. I was like, what is actually happening? So long story short, we got evicted because of that. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much lost most everything I had. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an apartment. I didn't have, I barely had clothes. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you want to rewind a bit, like, you know, my family always grew up thrifting in one way or another. Um, and I was very familiar with like, you know, Salvation Armies and Goodwills because like we didn't have a ton of money growing up. So like part of our back to school shopping was there when it wasn't at like TJ Maxx. And um, shouts out to TJ Maxx. Shouts out to TJ Maxx. Shouts out to Ross, Marshalls. All Marshalls got me through. Yo, Them polos they keep in the front. Well, actually, I had I had the could have had a polo shirt. No, you. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked with the chaps. The chaps, yeah. The chaps would get yo, roasted at school. Chaps has an Instagram account. I was actually on it today. Wow. it's it's insane. I'm like they got like twenty five thousand followers, but like because everybody like, could have so had a polo photo. shirt at some point. Yeah, no, nah, chaps was it. Chaps was like the default when your wallet was defaulting. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's what chaps was. Um, but no, because of that, like I, I was very used to like navigating these sorts of stores and knew what to find because, you know, once again, I didn't have a job, so I didn't have a lot of money. So I just wanted to replenish my wardrobe and I started thrifting and seeing all these things. I, I have a brother who graduated high school in 1997. So he and his friends had all the cool stuff, chaps, Nautica, Polo, Nike, Adidas, whatever. And I started seeing that stuff and I was like, this is all the, the shit that I wanted. 
but didn't get because I was too young and I started wearing it, started buying and wearing it. And that's how I replenished my wardrobe. Um, and then from there, it became a hoarding issue. A hoarding issue. <laughs> yeah. Wait, let's go back to this person who was pocketing this money. Yeah. Did you find them and whoop they ass? Uh, honestly, let me tell you something. I, I don't know if anybody <laughs> in here has ever had a situation like that happen to them where it's it's so frustrating and angering that your mood actually does a 180. Like, I went from, like, feeling rage to, like, this weird calmness that actually might be more dangerous than the rage. That's what killers have. So, I, so <laughs> The so weird I, calmness. I mean, like, like, my life was on the line. Mine and my other roommate, our lives were on the line, and it was all because this guy, like, decided to be a thief. And, yeah, that, that, yeah I, didn't, I didn't whoop his ass. I didn't put hands on him. I did see him, um, so like, subsequently and just, like, kept it moving because I knew I, like, I just... I couldn't put myself in that position. I'm like, nah, you, know, you can't be getting arrested. I don't want to go to jail. You, you don't want to go mean? to jail for that. None of that. But his name is Irwin Zapata. <laughs> um, and if you see, what's somebody like? That's my man. Yeah, if y'all see Irwin's up, he's about <laughs> brown skin, five six. Wearing all um, your old, wearing wear, your old clothes. Wearing all my old clothes <laughs> and stuff, probably. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Um, but, but, yeah. but big facts, <laughs> big <laughs> a factory is what that is. <laughs> uh, okay, so you are operating. I read you have four hundred uh, four hundred piece collection. Is that still accurate? Are you? Uh, yeah, you that, that's that's pretty accurate. It, it influxes and defluxes depending on like if I'm trying to purge some of my collection. But like that's that's about accurate. Yeah. What's been your greatest find? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, honestly, for me, it's not even about a grail piece. And if you guys, yeah, please don't explain know the grail. What, what a grail piece is a grail piece is something that's extremely sought after and valued by most of the vintage community. It's so well known. It's it's usually known outside of the vintage community. That's like Snow Beach, Ralph Lauren, or like you know a first run of you know Air Jordan ones. Like these are considered grail. So like. Nothing like that, even though I've, I've had some stuff like that in my possession. But for me, it's, it's about finding things that tie to specific memories from my childhood. So, like I said, I, you know, I have an older brother who's about, he's almost 40 now. He would not appreciate me saying that. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, but I looked up to him and his style and his friends, and I saw a lot of the things they wore. And there was this one brand in the mall that he wore quite often and it was called Structure, and that eventually became Express for Men. Um, but, and it's a whole story behind that, but when I started finding these Structure pieces, it was like emotionally overwhelming because I would see them on eBay or out in thrift shops, and it just like tied me to my childhood like so quickly. It was like an immediate flashback, seeing the tags and the colors and even I even found one sweater that my brother actually had and texted him. He was like, wow, like I didn't know that this could still be out there. And I hadn't seen this in like 20 plus years. So that's that's the cool stuff for me. I like, you know, the grails, but like that's the stuff that kind of really warms my heart about it a little bit. I mean, that's 100 percent of what sports prize for me. I mean, not 100 percent, but as sports prize really fueled by nostalgia for me. Um, so. I would just tell you my greatest find. It's a Michael Jordan t-shirt I bought for $7 in an Alabama thrift store. 
And I know you've been working, you work with Procell. Yeah. I saw him and he was like, where did you get that from? <laughs> and I was like, nigga, Alabama, get out of here. No, if, yeah, if Brian, if you, if you make Brian Procell's eyes go big, you've done something. Oh, yeah. Right? He was like, where did, where's that from? Yeah. I was like, I got it for $7, not $5,000 in your shop. <laughs> get out of my face. I, yeah, I will say this. That's, that I look up to that. He's not even that much older than me, but I really, really look up to him so much. Like going to his shop, if y'all don't know, Brian Procell has a shop, Procell. It's on uh, Delancey and Bowery in the city. In my opinion, the most well-curated vintage shop in the city, if not the country, um, that I've been to at least. Uh, for me, going to his shop is like going to the MoMA. It's a museum. It's archival. There are things there that are, of course, for sale, but it's just like I would just like prefer to like gawk at it and, mm-hmm. and not even buy it and take it home, even though I have. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I go to his shop probably once every couple of months just just to see what he has. And if he's in there, we usually have a really great conversation. And he's telling me about, you know, all these awesome finds that he gets on the road. Um, Him and his girlfriend, they do, you know, a lot of trips where they like scour the country and just find. Just thrifting. Yeah. So I I really look up to him and, and, and have much respect for him and what he does. Shouts out to Brian. What is your favorite sportswear era? Sportswear. Because um, I'm partial to the late 90s, early 2000s, like the jersey dress moment myself. Yeah, yeah. In particular, in particular the Maya, Jay-Z, Best of Me video with yeah. the North Carolina. I mean, I never wore a jersey dress. I was more of a jersey men's jersey wear, <laughs> <laughs> as you might imagine. Um, but... I'm considering, like, maybe it's time for a jersey dress I mean, resurgence. Yeah, I'm with it, with the, the the matching heels, like, all of that. <laughs> a, a, no, the, 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 Molo, the Manolo Blahnik. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, w- I would actually have to maybe agree with you, like, maybe, like, 98 to 02 um, was good because, I mean, that's roughly, like, middle school, early high school for me. Um and yeah, I remember like the jersey dresses, like that was a thing, like where I'm, I'm from a town called High Point, North Carolina, and like girls wore jersey dresses to our prom, like, <laughs> like, kid that's you not. That's like some North Carolina shit. <laughs> like, I, I kid you not, like all that dude's hat, we're trying to be like Jada Kiss and Fab and had like paper towels wrapped around their heads and. My high school was kind of hood, but I loved it, everything about it. But yeah, like I, I would have to agree with you that same era. Um, just because that was very formative for me. Um, yeah. Anybody in here wore a jersey dress? Raise your hand. Wow. Mm. Uh, what team? Do you remember? Ooh. Everybody. What about you? <laughs> a J- the owner of Playground Coffee Shop has worn a <laughs> Jason Kidd jersey dress. Oh, wow. And who else? The Wizards. The Wizards. Jordan 23. Mariah yeah. Carey also has one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, wore that, she wore that during uh, an All-Star the game, All-Star, right? yeah. yeah. She wore like a floor-length gown, yeah. jersey dress, she, a formal yeah. jersey dress. The only way she Ashley? knows that. Ooh, Bibby. Ooh. Speaking of Bibby. Yeah. What? I mean, I... Remember watching the Arizona Wildcats playing? Was it Kentucky? Who did they play that year? Uh, when they wore foam posits? That ooh, 
It wasn't Kansas, was it? Was I, that, what year was that? They, it was Kentucky because they beat, they beat Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Because I liked Mike Bibby because he wore the foam positive. Yeah. And I, yo, I honestly, don't quote me, but I think they had the foam posits before anyone in the NBA did. Like they wore them on the court it before was, Penny did. I think they were like their, maybe like their team shoe almost. Yeah. But they, they wore them on the court before Penny Hardaway actually even wore them. What the do court. you make of the foam posit becoming the staple hood boy shoe? Honestly, like, I love it. Like, it's, I think that, you know, there are certain shoes that when you go to the hood, you know you're going to see. That's one of them. I remember when the shoe first came out, I was in, like, the seventh grade. And this kid, Ian, that lived on my street, got them. Like, he was the one kid that got everything he wanted. Like Fuck that kid. Like, I remember that fucking everything kid. He wanted. They came back from Christmas with the fucking Taxon Jordan, Jordan 12s. Yo. And I was wearing the Rudy Pooh fucking... <laughs> I, had, I had... The $50 Nikes. <laughs> or some, some, like, Converse all Some Converse, some, some buddies. Some buddies. <laughs> the one... But oh, like one size that better. shoe hit hard. I mean, it's it's like one of Nike's best selling basketball shoes ever. So like, yeah, like of course because of that. And I always say like everybody loved Michael Jordan, but I think Penny Hardaway was the hood's favorite basketball player. Mm-hmm. Like before Iverson, and um, he did have a puppet. He had a puppet, and he was hugely popular. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why that shoe performed so well. Um, besides the fact of being a Nike basketball shoe. Um, because people adored Penny, they loved him. Like everything about him, it was something. And I don't want to say like an edge, but like it was a, it was a little streetness to how he played. Mm-hmm. So like that's why the hood fucked with him and that shoe. Switching gears, talking about the hood, you do a lot of like outdoor wear, outdoor clothing, kind of archiving. Yeah. Can we attribute? I mean, can we give black people and black culture a hundred percent of the credit for? turning outdoor wear into, like, neighborhood staples? I mean, to a certain... Yeah, you have to because it's, like, literally taking something that wasn't made for you and it is ultimately almost solely identified with you now. Um, I mean, when you look at, like, brands like Helly Hansen and North Face and even Ralph Lauren, like... These, especially Helly Hansen, is basically like a, a heritage brand from Norway. It's like 130, 40 years old. And now its legacy in the United States is like steeped in hip hop because of all the artists and, 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 and rappers in the genre that wore that brand so heavily. It got to the point where they were using rap artists for their campaigns. Like Helly Hansen had a string of, of ads featuring hip hop artists that they... Embracing this is a brand from Norway that was founded in I think like 1877. Oh shit, that's a slavery brand. I don't know. Don't don't any and also anything like that I say that is a year or anything, don't quote me on it. Like my brain is I mean I trust you. To to you poo, said you were an archivist. That sounds I official as hell. <laughs> I, I, I just want to be as correct as possible. I don't want to give out false information, even though that would never be my intention. Yeah, I mean, I think like to me the biggest one is North the North Face and then Timberland. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so funny to kind of see how Timberland 
is in a hiking boot or having a company and then the hood embraced it and i remember after rihanna wore the wheats on snl, SNL. it's like they got and it was like it a, a new boot for the season a timberland it, and this it's is how crazy. you can wear it we're finally 29 because i'm like when, when white folks started writing <laughs> stuff like that i'm like yeah. y'all made this boot this was for y'all this first. is your boot like like this is y'all's boot like what are you talking about um, <laughs> but, but but no, but it, it's it's funny because like yeah, like I, I don't know like black folks and and people from you know certain urbanized areas have a way of like making things their own, whether it's a word or a piece of clothing or anything else, like taking ownership of something and like identifying with it. And so that's what happened with Timberland. Um, that was funny. You talking about pieces that I got recently? So I actually came across. In uh, 1993, Timberland made a shirt that said, give racism the boot on the front. And then it has a graphic of a Timberland boot on the back. And I actually came across one. Oh, wow. Very excited about that. Um, That sounds. That is a good recent pickup. You asked that earlier. So I just wanted to bring that back. That does sound like a good recent pickup. Um, Then why do you think, like, we spoke a little before we started about Nautica, who was trying to come back, make a comeback on the hill, on the back of Little Yachty. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think it was a uh, whole boat thing, right? The owner of Playground Coffee Shop is wearing Nautica, Nautica pants. pants. But Nautica has just filed for bankruptcy. Ooh. Um, so what do you... <laughs> take your pants off. <laughs> uh, so what do you make of like these companies who are super slow to embrace the like... The the retroing of things. Um, I, for me, it's just kind of like you don't have the right people working on your team. Oh, when you say when you say right, do you, do you mean black? I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> that, that, but like, but like, just people that understand because it's it's you know it's not only black folks, but like there are folks that just like know better. Yeah, they don't have they didn't have anyone that knew better on their their squad apparently, and it's just like being late to the game can can cost you some things if you don't remake things right. Like, if you keep the design but change the, the silhouettes and sizing, like, that could throw everything off. Um, but, yeah, with Nautica, it's just kind of unfortunate. And, you know, because that, that's a brand I look at, and I'm like, damn, I love that back in the day. And it's just, like, seeing them struggle because they weren't, I don't know, quick to the gun as maybe other brands to kind of, like, relive their heyday. Uh, but do you sucks. think these brands are quick? Because that, it seems like to me, even with... Um with the snow beach stuff. Yeah. You know, you would think with the fucking subculture like low lives in, in New York. I mean, been remade they would have maybe, you know, especially when people, you have people who are popular, just blaze who are like real collectors and who talk yeah. about it or 88 keys or whoever, who are real, real collectors. Yes. Um, and they put it into popular culture. You would think they would have done it. But do you, is that political? Because the low lives are like, some wild street we they robbed us <laughs> they robbed the mansion <laughs> yeah does everybody know who the low lives are okay they're like you know they're 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 usually a, a group of men and women who just have a like complete adoration for everything uh ralph lauren polo hence the name uh low lives or low heads um uh, but yeah like these are dudes that you know, we're probably in their teens and 20s in the late 80s through the 90s and just kind of like did what they had to do to get their hands on on the hottest polo things. But, you know, like it, it's for me, it depends on the brand. Like you have someone like Ralph Lauren or their brand that 
might not be as popular as it was in the 90s, but never really lost the the cachet and the prestige that they had. Whereas Nautica for, I don't know, from probably like 2000 to 2015 was basically invisible um, as far as, you know, making new product that people actually wanted. So when they kind of finally came around to embracing this whole 90s resurgence, it was maybe too little too late for them. Um, just because it, so actually said this on Instagram recently, like the nineties were responsible for so many trends and, and things you had like rave culture that really came to the forefront. You had like hip hop, distinct East coast and West coast fashion. Um, you had like the South uh, version of hip hop that was coming to prominence in, in the mid to late nineties, as well as, you know, like classic preppy looks. So like, this is why, like, the 90s trend has yet to die because there's so much to pull from. And I think Nautica was just too late with where they were coming from with their whole, like, capsule collection harking back to the heyday because people were already over it. And th- I think that they got most of what they wanted on eBay or in thrift shops. And it's just like, why would I have this, like, newer piece when I can have the OG one so for them yeah, like because it's not as sought after it's not as sought after it's not as cool like i'll tell you now like if you have the exact same two nautica jackets sitting in front of me one was made 2016 and one was made 1996 i, I want the one that was made in 1996 mm-hmm. um and they just didn't have the cachet as a brand anymore to kind of like rely on their name to keep themselves afloat you mentioned the 90s but also i mean i'm seeing now that the 2000s are coming back you know yeah. like supreme is doing an all-over patch nba patch air force one mid yeah i saw that and i think the 2000s were maybe the worst fucking era of fashion i i, I mean I, ma- I mean i i don't know I, I think the 90s can sustain and has sustained because it was really good. It was so layered. Some taste. It was taste. It was like the late 90s, which was my favorite, which was a lot of leather and dark colors and textures. But 2000s was pretty much all trash. I can't think of one thing. Nobody dressed well in 2005. So are we about to revisit like throwback jersey, oversized fittings? I will say this. Every, all right. So in my opinion, fashion a lot and a lot like other things, um, happen in cycles. And for fashion, for me, what I've noticed is everything happens in 20-year cycles. And so, like, now we're... The, the, the Y2K era is almost 20 years ago. So you'll see a lot of what was popular then become popular again. For people our age and older, uh, just from nostalgia reasons, but younger people, because they either have no memory of it or weren't even born. And so they want to like explore this time uh, period that they know nothing about. So yeah, like I'm seeing a lot of techie things come back. Like, you know, Gap at the end of the nineties had all these awesome commercials with everybody in vests and it was like a tech vest and it was nylon and it had a million zippers and you know, it was very simple. And I'm seeing a lot of that come back. I'm seeing like, like cargo pants that, zip off at the knee. I had those. People doing that I now. absolutely had those. Um, we're seeing the sportswear aspect of, of that era come back, like the all-over patch NBA shoes that Supreme is going to do. Like, 
things, re- if you really pay attention with fashion, especially things come back in like a 20 year cycle. I'm like, I've seen it like so many times. I'm like, wow, this is, I don't know why this happens. It's just like this weird life algorithm, but like, that's just like how it's been happening. Rihanna just released, I guess, her photos for the campaign for Puma and it's motocross theme. What's the sport that you think is going to be like next when you can see being used as a fashion inspiration? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, it, it's funny because I, I remember having a conversation a couple of years ago uh, with a friend of mine who was a designer, and I was telling her, I'm like, you might really want to pay attention to motocross. Um, Those pants, man. Yeah. Pants crazy. are so good. And the, the jerseys, whatever that thing is called. Like a bold everything, colors, yeah. designs, just hits you right in the face. But as far as sports, um, that's that's hard to say. I mean, I feel like every major sport has been covered. I don't know, like... What I would like to see is like tennis become fashionable again. Do you think we have, because this is what I don't understand. I hope you're listening out there. Serena Williams is the biggest star, the biggest athlete in the world and does not have a shoe. Doesn't have a shoe. And clap for me, Ashley. Doesn't have a shoe. Signed to the biggest brand. Doesn't even, she has like some skirts or some shit. Some, look, let me tell you something. Are they sleeping? I'm I we could do an sleeping? entire another podcast about Serena Williams. That's how much I love her. Shout out to Serena. I, I cannot it, it just it boggles my mind like she is arguably the greatest athlete of our era. Of all time. Of all time. And she doesn't even have a, a shoe. Is it because she's a woman? I mean, you think I mean like Cheryl Swoops had a shoe. Shouts out the Air Swoops, reissue that Nike. Please send a size eight and a half to four four three. Make make men's <laughs> sizes too, please. Um but I mean like you know, like no, like a lot of women. No woman has a signature shoe though. Have signature shoes. Like I'm thinking about our like athlete I think I think Peekaboo Street, who was like a downhill skill, <laughs> I think she had a shoe. Like, she had a chapstick commercial. I think she had a shoe. I remember too. that. But like, Cheryl Swoops had a shoe. Dawn Staley has something like a shoe. She kind of has something. It's, it's, it, yeah, I agree uh, with the gentleman. It is an easier connection, but Serena should have had a shoe. Like, the thing is, like, if they were smart, they would have made it like a cross trainer and marketing. Like a to, very Agassiz. To, st- yeah. Copied all that yeah, branding from like, Agassiz. And it, and, and it could have been amazing, but they, they didn't. Like, this is a very polarizing, winning figure. And, like, we've been so fortunate to, like, watch her perform for over, if not, like, 20 years now. And, like, she doesn't have a shoe. She doesn't have a shoe. It's a shame. It's really a shame. She has 23... Grand Slam titles. She won. No shoe. She won something with a baby in her tummy. What so whole, what did she win? A whole baby. A she whole won the human. Open. LeBron James ain't do that. Didn't do it. He didn't do it. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. We're on the we're on the same page. On the same page. On the same page. Goodness gracious, got me all riled up <laughs> talking about lady issues because <laughs> I will. <laughs> microphone. Some people need to get smacked with a microphone. So. Continuing with sports culture. Yeah. What is your most vivid? Because to me, sports culture is also pop culture. You know, yeah. we think about like Dennis Rodman wearing a wedding dress. Yeah. Or the NBA Finals getting interrupted by OJ Simpson car chase. Yes. <laughs> um, 
I remember both of those things. <laughs> I vividly remember the OJ card because yeah. with Marv Albert, we're gonna go now to OJ and the White Bronco. And people um, were tight. People were tight because it was a good game. Yeah. Um, What's your most vivid, uh, I guess, sports cultural moment? Oh man, I, I gotta say, I, I I loved the Olympics as a kid. So the Atlanta Olympics. I Shouts was, out to the women of the 1996 women's basketball team, Don Staley. Yep. And all of that. And I was about 10 that summer, 10 turning 11 maybe. And I remember like most young men that time, I had a huge crush on Dominique Dawes. Yes, Dominique Dawes. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> like most young lesbians, I too <laughs> had a crush on Dominique Dawes. <laughs> that, that was, she was the one. She was the one. She was the one. And Fuck I, the other one with the broke leg, Carrie yeah, Strug. Carrie Strug. Get her out of here. I, but no, I remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you. I remember when they won the team gold, uh, that Olympics, the women's gymnastics team, and then seeing... Dominique Dawes up there and then get adorned with her gold medal. I remember that extremely vividly because it was like, wow, like, you know, like it's awesome. This black woman at the top of her game achieving this much. And it wasn't like the same with, with the women's basketball team because, you know, like it, it was easy to see successful uh, black men and women play basketball. But gymnastics, it was different. Um, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is like, you know, outside of the realm of what I thought black people were capable of. And to see that at a young age was really cool. Um, And I I actually honestly have to say, um, I mean, you brought it up, but I remember um, the NBA finals being preempted by the OJ Simpson car chase and like people being very upset in the house I was in. Like, what is it? And then they found out it was OJ and they're like, oh, shit, like. They were more into the car chase than whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 2018, and we're still into OJ. Sad, yeah. Sadly. Case of the century. Case of the fucking century. Who? I'm partial to also uh, He Got Game. Yeah. I think that, I, I mean, I don't know if it was what it really, I don't know if it was the actor that Jordan, the him even buying that Jordan after coming out of prison, mm-hmm. or the phone pause or the basketball, but I think, also, he got game was a really kind of like. What other movies do you think encapsulate like sports culture as a whole? Oh man, for me, um, I gotta say like Mighty Ducks was awesome. Oh, Mighty Ducks! That that hit really hard. All of them, all every last single one. Uh, I remember like Disney did a whole slew of like sports themes film that were great, like Little Giants. I Sam am the Lyle. Icebox. Like, Shouts oh. out to fucking Icebox. It was, they were all fucking awesome. And I remember those from my childhood. And, and I'm trying to think like anything from my teen years that really stuck with me. Um, I was like kind of a little too art housey in my teen years to really pay attention to like sports films. But I did see Like Mike in theaters with Lil Bow Wow. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I saw that when that came out. I remember that. Um, me and a couple homies snuck into the movie and then that was the one that was easiest to get into. So that's what we saw. Um, and let me see. He got game is, is awesome. Um, cool runnings too. Yes. I'm like, I didn't know what bobsledding was before that movie. You know, and like I mean, I still don't know low key. Like really, old time. <laughs> and I just watched it the other night too. So I'm like, I don't even know what they 
trying to do. Um, <laughs> and it, it looks very dangerous. They it looks dangerous be, as hell. Maybe not do that sport. Maybe anymore. not. I don't know. But um, yeah, I would say those films, Mighty Ducks, probably like, because like, I, I like was asking my mom about playing hockey after I saw that movie. You want to be the, it was like one black kid yeah. on the team, right? But I was like, I think I might want to play hockey. I think I can and do I'm it. like black and in the South. <laughs> In Boy, where the ice gonna be at? Where the ice? Where the ice at? We don't got no ice. We ain't got no ice. Too damn hot. Too damn um, hot. But yeah, that that like made me want to play hockey. So like yeah, that 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 was super important to me. I mean, just looking, I guess now to what the future of kind of sports where I saw Justin Bieber wearing the <laughs> Supreme <laughs> NBA Nike sleeve, like just in the street. Oof. Oof. Yikes. <laughs> What else do you think is going to go from the court, the field, the diamond to our, like, everyday? Because we also see we had uh, on my first live sports bra at the wing featuring some phenomenal women, one being here, Ashley, shouts out to you. Um, We spoke about tearaway pants and how tearaway pants have become a women's fashion staple. I saw a a woman wearing a, uh, a tube top. Yeah. And some tearaway basketball pants. I've, I've seen that look. And then in heels. In a heel. Yeah. I think, as far as, I think Rihanna and Kim Kardashian have done that look before. So you might have them to blame. To blame. Or whoever their stylist I'll blame are. Kim, not um, Robin. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Robin, Rihanna, Fenty looks good and everything. Everything. Like, what's that thing? It's this meme going around the internet. It's ugly until Rihanna decides it's not. That's also so, and it's like all these things that she's worn that's <laughs> on the runway or other people and it looks disgusting Trash. and then it's on her and it's like okay. she said that she did that she did yeah. that um so but what else do you see for like yeah other hmm, really like sports like items sport like things made for sport goalie masks no nah, I'm just kidding <laughs> um, no I, I pray to God people don't like walk around in a goalie mask I don't know like. I think it'd be cool to see like some headbands and wristbands like when it's hot out and people wearing them like in an appropriate outfit that's still casual, but like it's hot, you know, you just got like a headband on. It's, it's a cool design. Or somebody, catching the sweat. Yeah, catching the sweat. Like I would be into a head. So, so for me, like I don't want to be weighed down by anything I'm wearing. So like I don't do too many accessories, but like a headband would be cool. I'd be into that. Yeah. Like a cricket outfit or like a no no I mean cricket inspired maybe no nah, well it depends anything can look good is like as long as you have like the right proportions and silhouette I'm really convinced most things can look at least okay with that is there any this is like my last question before I open it up to any questions uh, are there any companies you see that's like doing it right hmm. that's getting it right. Uh, I'll tell you now, I love, 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 um, and I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff by them. I really do like Palace. Um, everything about that brand is really awesome. I love their risk-taking uh, uh, designs that they have, like when it comes to streetwear, because a lot of people do play it really, really safe, um, and their marketing is phenomenal. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to their web shop or their Instagram, but whenever they make a, a new piece, they write out these little lines under it, and it's like the most absurd descriptions in, in like, uh, uh, like a, a London hood accent, and it's just like the funniest thing ever to me. I really like what they're doing. Um, 
what is that one brand called? Uh, Places and Faces. Is that it? That's a brand. I think. Yeah, I like I like them a lot too. Um, and it's funny, like people often ask me about new brands, and and I don't know too many. Like most of the stuff that I I wear and know and research it like it's like old shit. But new brands that I like are yeah, Palace Places and Faces and uh, Bandulu Street Couture is like really cool. It's this um, kid who takes his name is Pat Peltier. He takes vintage pieces and um, like updates them like by either cutting and sewing them in some absurd way or like doing like vintage silk stitching. Um, he does like a lot of champion Nike pieces, but he makes collections every season and like V Files has carried his stuff and he's done work with like other brands. He did like this capsule with um, the Boston Celtics and Converse where he customized uh, Converse All-Stars. So like even though like his brand isn't, you know, the production of a completely new item. Like, he's repurposing these old pieces and making entire collections out of them. And I really like that. I like, I like people that are, like, changing the fashion game and, like, what it means to produce clothes and doing it on their own time. Oh, oh, yeah, and Madbury Club. Like, those dudes, honestly, like, Phil is, like, Phil Anand is, like, a creative force du jour. Like... The dude is is insanely creative, extremely humble, one of the most charming people I've ever met. And they really defy um, production schedules because they just drop stuff when they want to drop it. And people wait on hand and foot to just cop whatever they can, sweatpants, hoodies, T-shirts. Um, and the designs are, they're, they're old and new. Like Madbury is a perfect mixture of the past and the future uh, for the present and yeah, Matt Bird Club too. This is my real last question. Yeah. Did you start, I mean, I know you started because you were um, trying to buy clothes after you had been evicted, yeah. trying to build a wardrobe. When did you realize it was it was something that could be more than a rebuilding your wardrobe? Um. Well, it's funny because I, I started collecting these pieces and by... 2014, I, I started, or 15, I started Instagram, where I would just post things from my collection, and people would, you know, hit me in my DM saying like, hey, we need someone to help us with a new collection. You seem to have really good references for vintage. Um, would you want to help us out? And I would be like, yeah. Um, done work with Supreme by proxy through Brian Procell. I've done work with Supreme. Um, I've done work with Only New York um, and a couple other small brands, but it's turned into, you know, like a small kind of money-making thing in a sense that when someone does like a 90s-inspired shoot, they'll hit me up and say, hey, we need like authentic looks for this campaign or this lookbook. Can you help us put some, some stuff together? And can we use some of your pieces? And that that happens solely off like creating an Instagram and and me being able to express my love and passion for these old clothes and in, in, in a visual format. And people were people are able to see like, oh, this person is good for this thing because they have an understanding. Um, they can produce a lot of references, and yeah, it, it's it's really turned into. Um, opportunity that I'm very, very, very fortunate uh, to have had uh, because it's allowed me to stop doing things that I wasn't too happy to be doing 
to make money and just kind of like focus on you know these passions that just happen to be on trend at the moment and I can make a living off of them. So, you know, not to go off on another tangent, I don't know how much time we have left. We're winding down. But um, it's this thing I'm seeing. So we know um, one of the more popular things to hark back to in, in the 90s era is um, hip hop uh, culture and all the brands and, and things that came from that. And so when this whole 90s resurgence came about, I noticed a lot of people investing in it, making money from it, opening shops, reselling things. And none of them, none of them were black people. And that really like kind of upset me and not anything against anyone who's not black that chooses to do this. I actually was on the, the tip that I wish more black folks would become involved in this and kind of take ownership in because this is our history. Um, and take, black history Month. Happy Black History Month. Take a little more ownership in it and be able to to capitalize off the things that you know firsthand about or your brothers or sisters or cousins or moms and uncles and dads and whoever else actually took part in. You know, like I went to one dude, he had a shop, an online shop, you know, nice white guy, but he had like 50 Freaknik shirts. And I'm like, how'd you get all these? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, he's selling them like a hundred bucks a pop and they're, they're selling like hotcakes. And I'm just like, damn, like this should be some dude that actually was originally selling Bad these freaking. shirts. And, <laughs> you know, now he's able to make some grands off of it because like the hard work he put into these designs and like being on the side of the road in Atlanta back in 1997, hawking shirts, 20 years later, he can or she can fucking reap some benefits from it. But like, you know, the clothes are out there for anyone to take or pick, you know, like, and I'm not against anyone um, being nostalgic or having fun with it or making money off of it. But there was a time period where I was like, I wish more um, black youth would get into this game because this is their history, um, whether they were a baby when it happened or not even born. So yeah, that's it. Well, I think that is a great way to end the evening. Thank you very advanced for taking flight with me, Air Auntie, on this episode 11. Episode 11 of Sports Bar Live from Playground Coffee Shop in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Thank you all for coming out. Good night.
sit back and listen to these ghetto sweat. Cause this is what I do at the playground.